Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Capehart and welcome to Cape Up. Can you believe it? It's been a year. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the episodes with others and for your feedback. Now, I couldn't have done any of this without my trusty sidekick and producer, Carol Alderman. Hi, Jonathan. It's like, what are you being so shy? You're never so shy when the mic is off. Good Lord. Okay, so before recording, we need to test our microphones, make sure everyone's levels are fine. And a lot of your interviews take on some pretty hefty and serious topics, which is good, but that misses a giant chunk of your personality, which is really a giant jokester, and you like to play around. So we use our mic tests as an opportunity to get some of that out. Uh, And boy, did Michael Steele have fun with me on the very first episode. I am so hungry right now. I had a donut. You had a donut? See, if I had a donut, I'd have the the sugar shakes because it would just burn right through Oh, you people with these issues. Just eat the donut. No, I would eat the sugar shakes. What the hell is a sugar shake? Unless it involves milk, ice cream, and a straw... I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) So Michael Steele was really wanting to kick us off on this idea of our mic test questions. Um, But now one of your go-to questions is, who would you invite to a dinner party? So first, we're going to hear from Alberto Ibarguen. (laughs) Alberto Ibarguen. Thank you. And Alberto (laughs) is the president of the Knight Foundation based in Miami. But he is also... Um, a longtime mentor and friend of mine who I met back in 1991. It's the year I was born, Grandpa. Dear Lord. (laughs) If you're going to a dinner party, who do you hope is on your right and who do you hope is on your left? Living or dead? Living or dead. Mm-hmm. Well, almost certainly John Cage is one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I care whether he's on my right or my left. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of like, okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but his, his concert at Wesleyan in 1965 to this day affects the way that I run Knight Foundation. Oh. Um, and the openness of it, the willingness to explore what he used to call chance operations. Um, I think uh, I think I'd like to I'd, I think I'd like to sit with John Cage. Hmm. Um, and I and I was on Merce Cunningham's board who was his partner and mm-hmm. so I got to know John later in life and saw him just before he died. And and who would I like to sit on the other side? I don't know. I think maybe Marie Antoinette. <laughs> and say, so what kind of cake? <laughs> I love, I, I love, love her. Michelle Obama. What, what is it about Michelle Obama that, because I wish everyone, you could see the twinkle in your eyes. Michelle Obama. Well, for me, um, I, I just believe like she's the epitome of what I like, what I love about a black woman. And it's, um, it's loving this intelligence, this unapologetically being herself, being a leader, not even trying, not having a position, 
this loving, nurturing woman. So that's what I love about her. So that second person you heard from was Dewan Patterson, a community activist from Baltimore who was part of a powerful discussion on gun violence and race with Lucy McBath, the mother of Jordan Davis. All right, Jonathan. So over the past year, I've heard you ask a lot of people that question. So who's at your dinner party? Okay, two great couples. He's ready. Everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Mark Antony and Cleopatra. Okay, fair. Good. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Uh, Michelle Obama is a fan favorite. Like how everyone loves Michelle. How hot would that yeah. dinner be? Yeah, I might even allow you to go. Can I? I mean, I would serve drinks at that dinner. Just uh, oh, to... well, <laughs> well, I mean, so uh, one of the uh, other question I like to ask people is, what's their favorite cocktail? And Senator Joe Manchin and I really get into it. Vodka martini. Oh, what kind of vodka? Straight up. Uh, I like. Um, well, I mean, goose is fine, but I. Uh, <laughs> but I like kettle really. Uh. I got a, kettle has a better taste for me. Mm-hmm. It has an. It has a distinctive taste. Uh-huh. And gray goose is kind of like syrupy. Overrated. I don't like it. I don't either. Stoli is my favorite because it's they, the they cleanest. The new, they get the new Stoli Elite. Yeah. What makes it? Uh, so I don't know whether it's refined elite. more, or whatever. I don't know whether it's been distilled longer or more times. Mm-hmm. I. I but I've only tried it one time. It's very good. <laughs> I can't find it. I, it's, oh. it's totally elite. I, back home, I don't find it. Mm-hmm. Twist or olives? Olives. Uh, uh-huh. Dirty or dirty. just the, I dirty. like dirty. I'm a dirty. Like a swamp. It's so well, green. Well, I like it pretty. Let me just say one thing. I go through more olive juice than I do olives. <laughs> And then there's Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative Union. He likes martinis and and a lot of other stuff. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I'll just take the bourbon, you know. I'm fine with just the bourbon. (laughs) Just the bourbon. No, No, I don't mind the glass because no rocks, no. I love having a martini. I think a martini is awesome, but I do not. Once again, I'm uncomplicated in my drink and food. I do not like the bitters or the olives or the dirtiness of the martini. I just want the martini. I basically like really cold vodka. So with so a twist. You should exactly. That's what I do. I it's get just very a, simple. It's a, why do I need all that other stuff? Up with a twist. Yes. Although sometimes I will get the um, the glass rinsed with Lillet Blanc. Yeah, that's a good idea. Which is good. But there's there's things you can do. And then on food, it's the same thing for me. It's like when I go to these great restaurants, I actually just want. It's kind of like three things, and prepared simply you know everyone food has gotten absurd <laughs> with what you know it's got cinnamon dusted mar- mu- mustard this and you're like it's too many tastes you can't even it's muddled it's dumb remember when everyone was putting foam on yes, stuff that's basil exactly foam right. and and some other ridiculous foam and it's like just that's not okay because you want a stalk of celery in there that's right Notice how you brought it you, so you know brought it back to booze, to, Carol. We're on to food. All right, so speaking of food, a standard question for producers everywhere in the industry to ask someone is, what did you eat for breakfast? And usually this we ask this because it gets you a longer response. You get to actually do a mic test on somebody. Um but sometimes we ask people that question here and they haven't eaten breakfast. Yeah, like Attorney General Loretta Lynch. 
Um, so for the the mic test, uh, I'm just going to ask you, what did you have for breakfast today? Apple juice. <laughs> Wait, what? Apple juice. That's it? <laughs> What's it? No, no <laughs> eggs, no bacon, no, not a, a bagel. It was a busy toast. morning. So. Apple juice. Oh, my God. And it's noon. And I rarely have apple juice. But anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is you rarely eat, you don't eat breakfast. I do, I do usually eat breakfast today. It didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> so, Jonathan, I know this is a podcast and people can't see us all the time. But one of the things you are known for in Washington, D.C. is being one of the best-dressed journalists. Oh, I mean, well, that that's very nice. But let's just be clear. I am not the only person who likes to get dressed. You know, Arthur Brooks, president of the American Enterprise Institute, is a huge fashionista. Take a listen. Okay. Double monk strap chuckaboos, dude. Oh, yeah. When I saw these at, Bar- at Barney's, yeah. I tried them on three times. I was like, I can't, I cannot walk out of here without these. What I if just you can't buckle this top? I don't know. What? Is that the thing? Is I that the that, thing? Because well, you, you, you'd pull it off. I don't know. I'm, I've never seen that. Yeah. Have, is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I, that, you know, more and more, I'm taking all the laces out of my shoes and leaving the monk straps unbuckled. I, I don't know. It's a. It's. I think it's a thing. Are you rebelling? Yeah, against it's, something. It, totally, I'm rebelling against the man. The problem is, I am the man. <laughs> I'm rebelling against me. Right. Next time, you're walking around without pants, just no. to see if anybody says anything. So somebody will say like, something. Say something to Brooks. I don't know. I, you know, in, in this neighborhood, folks will notice. <laughs> All right. And then there are the random questions that I like to ask, like the one I asked my dear friend Darren Walker, president of the Ford Foundation. What's the dumbest thing anyone has ever said to you? Why can't more black people be like you? (laughs) Well, that takes care of the next one I was going to ask, which was the most racist thing ever said to you. Why can't more black people be like you? (laughs) What was your response? They are like me. You just don't see it. Okay, so I know that was kind of a funny moment between you and Darren, but it brings up a core topic that you talk about a lot on this podcast and a topic that you write about a lot, which is race and racial politics. Mm -hmm. Um, So a podcast allows us to hear a full conversation. So hearing Dewan Patterson and Lucy McBath is a much different experience than you picking one of the most powerful quotes and putting it in a piece that you've written. Right, and that's one of the fun things about doing this. It's that people, I get to ask people questions, but then they get to answer, not just in sound bites, but if it takes them five minutes to get to their answer or to explain what they think, um, it's it's all good. It's better because I want people to come away from the podcast with a fuller understanding. So if they're listening to Dewan and, and Lucy talk just so powerfully about gun violence and the role race plays in that, um, or even Justin Guest, Professor Guest mm-hmm. from George Mason University, talking about white working class voters and why they support Donald Trump and the role race plays into that. It's important, I think, for all of us, if we're going to have a, a prayer of making things better, that we get a chance and an opportunity to listen to each other, frankly. 
So another person that you talked a lot about race with in his interview that we aired was our Eric Thomas. But there was some stuff that we didn't air because Eric is just full of hot takes. Yeah, he he was We had to cut some of his hot takes out, but we wanted to share his Sex in the City hot take with you. So, um, who are you among the Sex in the City crew? Oh. So, I... I think I'm Scar- uh, Charlotte. Okay. Oh, interesting. I want to be Samantha, mm-hmm. but I'm really Carrie. That's interesting. I don't think anyone is Carrie. Controversial opinion. Hot take. Oh. I think Carrie is actually Miranda. Um, nobody. Wait, what? I know. Right. It's like a Kaiser Soze thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's Carrie. Carrie isn't even Carrie. Um, I think Carrie is this sort of like. Carrie's this veneer, but ultimately, by the end of the series, like, I think what Carrie is constantly doing, I'm, I have apparently have a lot of passionate feelings about Sex and the City. I think what she's doing is she's, she's constantly creating this narrative for herself um, that is, like, half, like, New York fantasy. Anyway, I say all that. I'm Carrie, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was that one moment that sent me and you and our guest Cornell Belcher off the rails. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. And, and we can't cur- we can't curse on, you, on this podcast. We can't say um, mother <laughs> Please, if we could say that last one. You can. I will likely have to censor it. Right. But what if he says, but you know, what the f- <laughs> oh, cluster pearls! Damn, you know what would be really funny? I don't think <laughs> is on the same level as. <laughs> I think y'all have. Okay, look, my ears are on fire. <laughs> my eyebrows are now gone. <laughs> I'll make sure y'all, this conversation y- y'all never gets out. <laughs> have just. I'm dead. But All you right. know I'm right. No, the same oh my God! Level. Stop it! Okay, you know, you know what? Lunch. Actually, you know what would be hilarious, Carol, <laughs> is if we took this entire section for we're planning on for our anniversary episode to do like all of our mic tests. And stuff. It would just be nonstop. But what about beep 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 beep? beep, beep, beep. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> No, we have to do that. That would be hilarious. People well, I'm glad like, I've helped here. And mother- that could be the I'm glad I helped in. you mother out. Pleasure <laughs> 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 to be with you mother this afternoon. How you doing, mother How you mother doing? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're you're interviewing Samuel Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lousy. Yeah, lousy. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) And with that, all I can say is thank you. Your mama. Your mama. Thanks for listening to Cape Up. Tune in every Tuesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And how about doing me a huge favor? Subscribe, rate, and review us. 
I'm Jonathan Capehart of The Washington Post. You can find me on Twitter at CapehartJ. If you like K-pop, you should check out some of our other great podcasts. Like Can He Do That? with Allison Michaels, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. Or try Constitutional, a series about how people have framed and reframed the Constitution over time from host Lillian Cunningham. You can find these shows anywhere you listen to podcasts and learn more online at WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts. The Washington 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 Post. Post.